Hey everybody, it's Anna J. Wellner with the Author Library, and today I am thrilled to have with me author Edward Willett. Edward, would you like to introduce yourself? Hi, yes, my name is Edward Willett. Uh, I've been a full-time freelance writer now since 1993, so it'll be 30 years in a couple of years, hard to believe. Uh, and over that time, I've written uh, more than 60 books of uh, science fiction, fantasy, and nonfiction for readers of all ages, won a few awards. Uh, my main publisher is Daw Books in New York, but I also publish through my own little publishing company, Shadowpaw Press, and I published with many, many other publishers uh, over the years. Uh, and I write for both adults and young adults on the fiction side, and I write both science fiction and fantasy, as I said, so uh, a bit eclectic, I guess. <laughs> Wow, that is an impressive catalog that other authors hope to achieve, myself included. Over 60 books, I mean, varying from sci-fi to fantasy to nonfiction. How long did it take you to build such an impressive list like that? Well, my first book was published in 95. It was using Microsoft Publisher for Windows 95 was my first book. <laughs> never never to be made into a major motion picture, alas. Uh, and my second book was using Microsoft Publisher for Windows 97. So, you know, I kind of wrote computer books there for a while. Uh, so that's how long I've been at writing books. My first novel came out in 97, I guess. Uh, so that's what, 25 years ago, almost now. Uh, so that's basically how long it's it's taken the uh, uh, 25 25 years or so of writing uh, full time uh, and uh, anything anything for a buck basically <laughs> is where the nonfiction comes in. My first stuff has always been writing fiction and uh, but the nonfiction sometimes pays better than the fiction does. I, uh, I worked for National Oil Well Varco, and uh, there were a couple of times whenever I had to do some um, manuals uh, for uh, downhole equipment, and those were some fun nonfiction, I guess, books <laughs> to, to put together for the engineering department. Um, not always the most thrilling of the things to write. But uh, would you say that you prefer writing uh, fiction over nonfiction? Well, yes, my dream is always, see, I started, um, I knew from the, a very early age that I wanted to be a writer. I wrote my first novel, in fact, it's right here. <laughs> it's in this, it's right here in this. Uh, oh, wow. Maybe we'll let algebra on it because it was a repurposed. Uh, but yeah, that's my first novel. Wow, so cool. And it was, uh, I was, well, actually, I know exactly how old I was because the first page is dated September 5th, 1973. So I had just turned 14 um, that July and it was in high school and we had this requirement to write one page a day in a, what was called a writing book in our English class. And a lot of people would just copy stuff, you know, or whatever. I started writing that and it, it's dated up to the end of the semester, but then it just keeps going because by that point I had blown past the number of pages I needed. And that was my first novel. And then I wrote two more in high school. Uh, and so somewhere in there, I made the decision that I wanted to be a writer. However, I was a practical enough kid to say, you can't make a living as a writer, <laughs> not right away anyway. So what I went into is journalism. So that's where the nonfiction comes from to a certain extent. I was a newspaper reporter, photographer, and then news editor at the Weyburn Review in my 20s. And then I spent five years in a communications role with the Saskatchewan Science Center. So all that kind of writing nonfiction was always my bread and butter, but I kept writing fiction along through there. 
And uh, fiction was always my goal, but nonfiction was a means to keep writing the fiction and be writing something because words are what I like to work with much more than say, I don't know, digging ditches. <laughs> well, absolutely. No, I, I, I completely understand. It's the, the same, I think, for a lot of us, whether or not it started with journaling or with writing short stories whenever you were a kid, your love of, of you know, putting those stories together, however simplistic they may be, or just retelling your, your day, it just continues until you get to that point where you start to find your voice as an author and you say, I want to, I want to actually do this and expound on it. And then before you know it, you've got a novel. And my very first short story I wrote when I was 11 years old is called Castor Glass Hypership Test Pilot. So you can see that I was pretty much set in the science fiction realm very, very early on. <laughs> and if I ever find it, it's going online. I've misplaced the only copy of it, and it's probably in a box in storage somewhere. And if, but if I ever find it, I'm putting it online. <laughs> Absolutely. That would be, that would be awesome. I, I, um, yeah, the only thing that I have are journals from probably sixth grade, I think, are the, the, the oldest that I have. And um, yeah, I, I, I wouldn't publish those. Uh, but <laughs> uh Star Song is the latest edition in the lineup, which just released in July. It's a YA outer space adventure. Can you tell us a little bit about it? I can, and I happen to have one right here. I would love to see it. So this is uh, Star Song. It's uh, science fiction in the, well, I say it's in the Robert A. Heinlein and Andre Norton mode. It's hard to get the angle just right. There we go. Uh, the cover art is by Dan O'Driscoll, who's in uh, Calgary and had done some cover art for some books I had published by Bundoran Press in Ottawa. So I was familiar with his work. So this is through Shadowpaw Press, which is my own um, company. But it's a story that's near and dear to me because one of my very first published short stories was called The Minstrel. It's in my uh, short fiction collection, Paths to the Stars, which came out a couple of years ago. And it was published way back about 1985 in a magazine that doesn't exist anymore called Jam. And very early on, I tried to turn it into a novel. And in the 90s, well, actually late 80s, I started submitting it. It was like one of the first novels I tried to, to get sold professionally. And uh, Josephus Sherman, who was, uh, people may recognize that name, was editing for a company called Walker & Company, which was a, a respectable mid-sized New York publisher, you know, kind of thing. And it came that close to selling. Uh, I sent her the first draft and she sent it back and said, you have, there's this huge time skip in the middle. You got to fill that in. So I did that. I sent it back again. And she said she liked what I'd done. She was ready to make an offer on it. And then the publisher died. His son took over and said, we're not publishing science fiction anymore. And it, that was oh. it. The book did not get published. That would have started my career in the 90s, early 90s, with uh, and several years before I finally sold something. Um, and then I never found a home for it, despite it getting that close to being published by a major publisher, never could find another home for it. Well, a few years ago, I looked back at it. I thought, you know, I write better now. And why didn't I do this? It's a, it's all told. The original is all told from one viewpoint. It really needed two viewpoints. And so I rewrote the whole thing. I tried it a few couple of more places and people liked it, but they weren't going to publish it. So I said, all right, that's it. I will put it out through Shadowpaw Press and it's out and getting some nice reviews. People seem to like it. And it's just a story that I'm really happy to finally uh, have out there because it, it uh, goes way back into my, <laughs> into my writing uh, career. And it's a story that uh, really ties right back to the beginning of when I started doing this. 
was that the reason why you started Shadow Paul Publishing is to be able to publish that particular work? It was in the back of my mind, but the main reason was like many authors, um, I, well, maybe not like many authors, I've killed several publishers. <laughs> they publish me and then they go out of business. I don't think it's my fault, but it feels that way sometimes. There was one that had been around for 45 years, went out of business, but it wasn't just because they published me, I'm sure. Um, so anyway, um, so I have this work that becomes available again. And so a lot of authors have you know, been putting it out themselves that have a backlist like that. So that was one reason. The other was that uh, my grandfather-in-law uh, wrote his first World War memoirs late in life. And I was aware of those. We had them here. And I thought that would be an interesting thing to put out. So my two first projects were actually my short story collection, because I had all these short stories. Most of them had been previously published, a few new ones that I, I had enough for a book. So that was my first thing. And then the second thing was my grandfather-in-law's first World War memoirs. So Shadowpaw Press is not strictly limited to me. Uh, I've also published an anthology featuring short fiction by guests from the first year of my podcast, The World Shapers, called Shapers of Worlds, major, major authors in the field. And I have a second one of those coming out very soon. That'll be my next book. So Shadowpaw Press is not just for publishing my old stuff, but it is a way that I can publish stuff that either becomes available uh, because it, I get the rights back or because it's something that I just have never found a home for, but I still believe in the story and I want to get it out. Um, I guess I didn't really explain what the story was in Star Song, did I? <laughs> uh, it's always uh, come back to that. Yeah, it's a, it's a story about a kid who's um, growing up on a planet he doesn't belong on. He's he's not he's one of these things is not like the others, and uh, his guardian, who's been raising him since he was a, a child, is is murdered, and um, the only link he has to his parents, whom he never knew, is this mysterious musical instrument that you just touch it and it plays. Uh, and it has like an alien mechanism in it of some sort. And so he decides to, to take that to the spaceport in this backwards planet. He wants to go to the stars. He wants to find out where this came from and find his family, find out about his parents. And along the way, he meets this girl named Tavera, who belongs to a space-going sort of gypsy-like group called the family. And um, eventually he does get off the planet, and it turns out that this this uh, alien artifact that he has is not really a musical instrument at all. It's something much more powerful. And there are very powerful and rich people who will stop at nothing to try to get it. And he and this girl are the only ones that stand in their way. So that's kind of the overall story. And it is very much, to me, it feels very much like a Robert A. Heinlein or Andre Norton a young adult novel that I grew up reading. Yeah, very, very interesting uh, plot there. And uh, I, 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 I love hearing you talk about it because uh, just hearing about it, it makes me want to check it out. So guys, definitely uh, go check that out. I have the link uh, to um, Edward's uh, Amazon page here in the description. So go check out his entire catalog, not just that book, but the entire catalog as well. But that is the latest release in, uh, in Star Song is. And um, with such an impressive range and age range. I'm curious what your favorite genre is to write. I know that's like asking you to pick, you know, pick a favorite kid, but um, where does your creativity flourish most brightly? Would it be in science fiction, fantasy, or a blend of both? Those two things just kind of run together for me. I mean, I, I make a distinction yeah. between them very much, but for example, my latest books from my New York publisher, 
uh, has been, a, uh, there's three of them, um, world shapers is what it's called collectively. And they're kind of a cross because the backstory is science fiction. It involves aliens and super technology, but it reads like a portal fantasy because it's this, uh, these nested worlds within this multidimensional, extra-dimensional labyrinth. And each world is shaped by somebody from our world. So it's like authors living inside their own books. And then I, my character is traveling from world to world. So the first one is very much like ours, which she created, but didn't even realize that she was the one who shaped it. The second one is like a Jules Verne world. So that's very steampunky. And then the third one, the moonlit world, which is the most recent one, is vampires and werewolves. So I get to mix all the fantasy stuff I want in there. And yet it's actually a science fiction backstory. So uh, they do kind of bleed over for me. I, it's hard to, I suppose I'm more of a, I don't know. I think maybe I'm more of a science fiction author, if only because when I write fantasy, I'm always this little voice in the back of my head that says, okay, but that violates the laws of thermodynamics or something. And so I try to maybe finesse that a little bit. So if somebody does magic, they have to get the energy from somewhere else, things like that. So maybe my mindset is really a bit more science fiction. Uh, and yet, and the thing I'm writing right now is science fiction. So I probably tended a bit more to that, but I've certainly committed fantasy as well. Well, that's what I was actually going to ask is if you have anything else on the horizon that you're currently working on. Well, two things. The one is the second anthology. I mentioned uh, Shapers of Worlds that was kickstarted last year. And this year I kickstarted Shapers of Worlds Volume 2, which is second year guests of the podcast. And it's people like Kelly Armstrong and Marie Brennan and Garth Nix and S.M. Sterling and uh, other, again, big names in the field, many of them. And there's some, some newer authors in there as well. 24 stories in all, 18 original and six reprints. So I'm editing that now, and that'll be out this fall. And then the other thing I'm working on is my next novel for Daw Books, which is a humorous uh, space opera called The Tangled Stars. Um, it, it's actually been quite different from what I had in my head when I set out to write it. And one of the things I like about it is uh, it has a wisecracking AI uplifted genetically modified cat is one of the characters who ends up as the captain of the starship at one point. So <laughs> I'm having great fun with that character. Each chapter is headed with a little bit of cat wisdom from this, this character, you know, like uh, uh, people, people are upset when when cats wake them up in the middle of the night, but they never think twice about poking at a sleeping cat. I mean, you know, turnabout is fair play, <laughs> that sort of thing. <laughs> so I'm having a lot of fun with that. And it'll be out sometime next year. I don't know the release date. That sounds like a lot of fun. Uh, uh, right there. a cat on the cover, because I'm sure that would sell. <laughs> oh, definitely. And I would have to assume that it is geared towards the YA uh, audience as well. Nope, nope, that's an adult novel. Most of my novels, Daw Books doesn't have a YA line. Okay. So my novels are uh, adult novels, but they're YA friendly. Uh, I, uh, there might be a little higher end violence, but there's not much in the way of anything too graphic in them. And uh, in fact, and then my, my most successful trilogy for them, The Masks of Agrima, which was written as E.C. Blake, um, is technically YA. The character's 15, but they didn't have a YA line. So it was published in the adult market so and a lot of my characters have tended to be on the younger side the tangled stars they're more like the early 30s but a lot of my characters are much closer to this sort of 20 early 20s or late teens so i think probably i gravitate to a ya story um even when my characters are a little older 
I do tend to write what's pretty YA friendly, I think. It's so enjoyable to read and to write YA. I know that um, being a 40 year old woman, I still gravitate toward YA books because uh, they're just so enjoyable to read. You know, um, I, and it kind of has that nostalgic bit to it that it kind of reminds me of, you know, especially reading a younger character sometimes can bring back some of those, I don't know, feelings of being younger. I've often said that one reason I've gravitated to YA is because I started writing so young. Yes. So, although the funny thing is my first, my first novel that I just doesn't have any, is not YA at all. It has grown up characters. <laughs> but after that, I think uh, all of my books tended to, to have characters, more teen characters. So I started writing as a teen and I grew up, but my characters never did is one way I put it. <laughs> so you mentioned that you have the second anthology that is coming out, but uh, you do have several series as well uh, that you've written. Have you wrapped all of those up or are you working on anything else within one of those series? Uh, well, the, the World Shaper series that I mentioned is ended with DAW. They didn't want the fourth book, you know, sales. And, but I do want to continue that. And in fact, there is some interest out on West Coast. It's being shown around. And I have somebody out there who's quite excited about it and, you know, would love to get some sort of TV deal. That would be nice. I'd take that. Great. Um, however, um, there is a fourth book. It's all planned out. And I will write that next uh, it won't matter. And I was hoping to have it out this fall because they've come out typically every September. Well, I'm not going to get it done by September. I can guarantee right. that. But uh, possibly sometime in the early next year, I'll have the fourth book. And that is so I will carry that series on. Uh, the longest series I've ever written is called The Shards of Excalibur, Young Adult Modern Day Fantasy. It was five books and it's complete. Technically, I originally had an idea of carrying that on, but I don't know that I will. Uh, we'll see. Um, and then a couple of others were not really series. I had like two books that were related. There could have been another book in one case, but that was so long ago, I'm unlikely to go back and carry that on. So I don't really have an ongoing series other than World Shapers, which uh, we'll see. I'm definitely going to do the fourth book. And then I think I could wrap the whole thing up in five books or I could carry it on longer than that. It's an open-ended concept with all those shaped worlds that you can visit that I can literally tell any kind of story in that framework. So it is tempting to keep going on i could tell a you know um well the next one would be like a film noir world like a maltese falcon kind of gangsters and that kind of a world uh, i could tell a my little pony story in that framework <laughs> except for trademarks so <laughs> yeah that is the great thing about uh fan the fantasy part of it is that you can make up your own you know you can make up your own rules to a certain extent uh but once you do incorporate the the, the sci-fi into it, then there are some some laws that you must abide by, as as you mentioned earlier. So uh, completely understand that. But yeah, it's tough to know. Sometimes you just know when the series is supposed to end. It's like the characters just let you know. The story just lets you know this is the this is the final resting book. This is it. And then sometimes you know it's it you see the opportunity to carry it on and can do so so and if asked i can turn any book into a series <laughs> even right. if it seems to be a standalone there's always right. loose ends you can pull out and and develop into a sequel so 
I've done that once already, actually, with one of my two book series. The first book was never intended to have a, a sequel. And then I was asked to do one and said, oh, sure, I'll do that. So, you know, if a publisher asks me to do a sequel, I will definitely find a way to do it. <laughs> That's the greatest thing about creativity. We can always find or usually always find a way. Usually, unless uh, you kill off everybody. I mean, it'd be hard to do a sequel to like, you know, Hamlet with everybody dead. At the end. That's true. This is true. Well, I mean, I suppose you could tell it from the from the point of view of the butler who witnessed the whole thing, you know. Oh, yeah. There's always a secondary characters. And, right. Know, there's always somebody. <laughs> <Yeah. alive. laughs> well, I guess that brings me to uh, my other curiosity, whether or not you prefer standalones or anthologies or series. And well, I think I, you pretty well answered that. Yeah, this I. Hmm. <laughs> or not the, it depends on the story um like the my my most recent standalone was uh, well star song is standalone i didn't really i have no plans to carry that on as a series uh blue fire which is another one that came out recently through shadow pop press uh, under the ec blake uh, pseudonym uh is a standalone yeah. i have no plans to carry that on and before I started the series with Daw, the previous one was called The City Born, a science fiction novel, and it was very much a standalone. I think it'd be very hard to carry uh, that one on past where I took it to. So maybe I do gravitate towards standalones, but I'm perfectly willing to do a series if the, if the idea supports it. So in the case of World Shapers, that was always intended to be a series. I designed it, the whole world, with the idea that you could tell an infinite number of stories in it. And uh, even though I do know where it ends, more or less, the whole overarching plot, I can use as many books as I want to get there. So, so if anyone, <laughs> it just depends. Anyone, no, sorry, sorry. Go ahead. I was just gonna say it just depends on the story whether I would rather do it as a standalone or a series. No, oh, absolutely. Yeah, I completely I, I can sympathize with you there. So for readers who would like to get into reading your work, where would you, as the author, recommend someone start with your books? Oh, boy. Well, tough uh, one. I know <laughs> yeah, it depends on what you want to read. So if you're looking for YA um, science fiction, well, I'd go with Star Song because that's the most recent one. Uh, if you're looking for YA fantasy, um, Shards of Excalibur, I'm very fond of that series. Five books about this girl who discovers she's the heir to the Lady of the Lake from King Arthur, and she and this boy have to have to find the scattered shards of Excalibur before Merlin can. He's the bad guy. And he's but it's set in the modern world. So Merlin is like Rex Major, he's like a Bill Gates, Steve Jobs computer guy. So I like that one a lot. That and that one is actually I should mention is just out again in print on Amazon. There'll be other, you know, available elsewhere later. And that's just out, and it's also an audiobook, and it's also in brand new ebook edition. So all of that is available right now. I'm actually going to kind of relaunch that series very soon. Um, so I, I would definitely point people to that one for young adult fantasy. On the adult science fiction side, well, Mars Seguro by Daw Books was the one that won the Aurora Award for Best Canadian Science Fiction Novel. So that'd be a good one. There you uh, go. <laughs> and on the adult fantasy side, hmm. You know, I haven't actually written any adult. I think, I'll, well, no, I guess Mage Bane would be my standalone adult fantasy novel, also from Daw Books. There. 
<laughs> read them all start anywhere i don't really care <laughs> well, I, th- I, I i think I, I think we've covered every possible place to start um with uh with your books but guys i do have the link to the uh to edwards of uh, amazon author page so all the books and series and are the anthologies on there as well yep. i think they i believe they are well the first one is the second one's not out yet but the first right one yeah but go and check those out uh, and definitely uh, look out for uh, more upcoming uh, work from him soon and the new anthology that will be coming out sometime next year, hopefully. Uh, and, sure, sure. It should be in oh, no later than October, I hope. Oh, great. We're right around the corner. Yeah. And um, so keep up things, uh, keep up to date with all things on his uh, website as well, which I will have um, in the links as well or in the description below. So thank you again so much for coming on the show today and sharing with us your long journey of uh, the, the, the building this huge catalog uh, of science, uh, science fantasy, uh, sci-fi fantasy um, catalog that you have and um, your, just your journey as an author. Well, thanks so much for having me on. It's been great. All right, guys, if you haven't already, go ahead and subscribe to the show so that you don't miss out on great upcoming content. And as always, stay safe, stay healthy, and we will see you again soon. Thanks. Bye, guys.